Welcome to Chattis Faction. This is going to be a special episode. I like doing these special episodes. I'm joined by Adriana, and we're going to talk about Doctor Who. Woohoo! Um, I felt like it was a good time to talk about Doctor Who because it's the end of an era, almost. The man who's been running the show for probably like six years, seven years, is leaving the show, and his doctor is leaving the show. And the doctor's going to regenerate into a new doctor, and the showrunner's going to regenerate into a new showrunner. They're going to say something about, like, oh, the man that's been running it for 60 years is no longer the man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I thought it was a good time to talk about it, especially since my favorite doctor is leaving, and I'm sad about it. Um, but I guess to give people a brief overview of what Doctor Who is... It's a science fiction show about an alien with a time-traveling machine who travels and has companions. From the Earth. From Earth. Uh, and I think it started out as like a public education show. Yes, it did. And it was more of like a stage play, like a televised stage play than an actual TV show back in the day. I don't know much about old Doctor Who. I'm not very educated on that stuff. Um... But it ran for, like, 30 years? I don't know. It started in the 60s. And then it went all the way into the 80s. And then there was a movie in the 90s where one, uh, the Eighth Doctor made it for one movie. Uh, and then it got revived in 2005 yep. by Russell T. Davies. And uh, Christopher Eccleston was the Ninth Doctor. And that's where I ran into the show. And then famously David Tennant took over the next year as the 10th Doctor. And then 11 and 12 happened. Um, so yeah, that's a brief kind of look at Doctor Who. And what I want to know is, where did you come into the show? Like, how did it come into your life? And why did you keep watching it? What made you like the show to begin with? And why do you keep watching it? So, I started with Nine, because you don't skip Nine, and it was on Netflix. I think it was about to start Matt Smith's run, because I, it was definitely on Netflix, and I caught back episodes, and the first episode was so terrible. It's, yeah. It's not a show known for its production value. Production value was terrible, and that's what they say, is if you can make it through the first episode and keep going, then you're, like, hooked for life. And then I watched the second episode because I was like, it's kind of weird. It's kind of funny. Let's just keep going and see where it goes. Because pilot episodes are always like a little weird. Yeah. And then I watched the second episode and I realized that I had seen it before mm -hmm. in a dystopia, utopia class that I'd taken in college. And I went, oh, I know what this is. Mm -hmm. And so then I just keep, kept watching from there. And that was that. Yeah. Um, the show, not known for its production value. Uh, you could, I always thought it looked like a PBS show. <laughs> Uh, but I, the thing that caught me, especially in those early, that first season was the, the writing was really excellent. Oh yeah. Um, and I wasn't into Christopher Eccleston's performance as the doctor too much. He did some good stuff, but, uh, like overdid it with the comedy. Like, cause it's supposed to be like, it's a weird demographic to write for, I, I assume on the show, because you have to appeal to, uh, seven year olds and 42 year olds. Yeah, I guess. watch the show. Well, it's also because, like, he's also super angry because of the time war. Yeah. But then he's also, Which like, is something that happened while the show was... On their break. Off the air for, like, 10 or 15 years or yeah. so. Yeah. But then he also has to have comedy to offset, like, the drama and the anger because then nobody's going to pay attention because it's not fun. Yeah. So he, like, juxtaposes his personality kind of like he's bipolar. A little bit. I think they hit the sweet spot with David Tennant. I think he yeah. he was able to to uh, communicate those two juxtaposing feelings in one in one singular moment together really yeah. well. But that's because I think he got a little love in his life. Well, this is before that, way before that. He didn't meet her till his final season. I'm talking about Rose. Oh, but I mean, Chris Eccleston likes Rose. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He loved Rose as Eccleston. And that, or as nine, 
and then when he came into 10, he loved her, and then got a little bit, like, more sane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those early, that early season, season 9, I'm very iffy on. I'm less familiar with that than the rest of the show. But you don't skip 9, because there are things that happen in 9 that follow the rest. Yeah, so what's cool about Russell T. Davies' run is it plays... There are many arcs, but it plays as one big arc. Like, there's stuff that happens in the beginning that, that comes into the very end of yeah. his run. Which is really cool and fun from, like, being a viewer of storytelling. Uh, those are the type, that's the type of stuff that's really fun to engage with. And then also, like, uh, observing the mechanics of storytelling. If, if you, like, want to be a writer or storyteller yourself, like, observing people do it well is awesome. So I think it satisfies... Uh, both the, just the casual viewer and then the person who is trying to observe, like, the storytelling mechanics. Well, I like when the stories arc because, through the doctors because then it reiterates that he's the same person. He yeah. has the same memories. So it's just like, oh, yeah, this reminded me of this thing when I was this doctor, and mm -hmm. it connects them all together. Yeah, my favorite of that doctor-spanning uh, storylines is River Song. River's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually f have been flirting with the show for a while. So I like started the Eccles and stuff way back, probably in 2007 or so. Um, because like people at work talked about it and were like, you gotta watch Doctor Who. It's the best show. And like, we were all nerds and stuff. So it was like, you like this stuff, you'll love Doctor Who. And I started to watch it, and I was like, holy shit, uh, nope, I don't like this. Um, <laughs> but it was, like, the production value and stuff, so I, did, I still, even then, liked the writing. Like, I thought it was a really clever show. Um, and so I, like, went on and off, and I tried to keep doing it throughout uh, my life. And I was like, well, I like David Tennant, so let me try to start with his. And even with his, the production value was such that I was like... I should like this. Like, I know I should like this, but there's something about it that's not... It's just not clicking with me in the way that I think that it should. And so, on and on it goes, and uh, for whatever reason, I was having, like, trouble... I got to my, a point in my life where I was having, like, trouble sleeping. And I was having, like, panic attacks, and I guess I was just going through a real depressive spout. And I needed something to, like, actually watch to get me to sleep. Because I couldn't just, like, close all the lights off and go to sleep. So I would put on TV shows, and the one that really helped me fall asleep was Doctor Who. And so I just started with Tenet, and I would fall asleep during the episodes and get half of whatever's going on in the story. But as as I kept doing it night and night, I kept staying up later and later, because I was, like, I was getting more involved. Yeah, I was getting more into it. And I didn't get super into it until Matt Smith came around. And, uh... When I started watching it on Netflix, Peter Capaldi's first season had just been put on to Netflix. So I had all of Matt Smith on Netflix ready for me. And so that's when I got into it because I liked I liked Matt Smith as a doctor. He's really fun. Um, I liked the production value of the show. Had ramped up when they switched uh, showrunners with Matt Smith from Russell T. Davies to Stephen Moffat. And... Uh, I liked the his relationship with the companion because the companion, the his companions were a married couple. Well, um, soon to be married. Yeah, so there was they like mess. It was there's some weirdness of some romantic stuff where she tried to like kiss the doctor and stuff. Oh yeah, but like that was like the second episode or something. Like yeah, that. Um, but then that was quickly done away with, and once it got to the point where it's like. Amy and Rory are a couple, and they just travel with the doctor. Like the doctor is like their crazy friend that they travel with. That, like, pushes them to these extremes. Um, yeah, they become family. Yeah. Um, that's when I really started to like it. And even though none of those plots were, like... It was nothing like the David Tennant run, where that was, like, world-ending plots of, like, the, the Daleks are coming and they're gonna, like, destroy everything. There was never any of that. I love how really. the Daleks just never really die. Yeah. Um... It was more about, like, emotional... Uh, they were just, like, more concerned with the emotional uh, beats. Yeah. Of, like, how can we build on these characters' relationships and make them test each other and focus on that more than, like, the Daleks are coming and they're going to destroy everything. That yeah. stuff does happen, but it's less focused on that. That than... Weeping Angel one with Amy and Rory, just tears. So many tears. Oh, their final episode? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my god. That one was really good. Just so fucked up. It was really good. But yeah, Matt Smith's performance as a doctor is really good. Um, and I needed something at the time that was like, I don't need people who beat their way out of their problems. I need something that's a little more nice. And it still makes sense, though. And yeah. it, the idea of a, a hero that just talks his way out of everything is kind of... It's amazing. It's still silly, but it like they, they try to make it make sense in a pseudo way. Most of the time it still doesn't, but it's still really fun. Well, because he's way smarter than everybody, and he just like talks really fast, and he explains things. He's like, why didn't you pick up on this thing five hours ago? Yeah. But he also, like, the comedy is, is that he misses the, uh, the obvious. A lot, too. He does. Like, when, a lot of times when something's staring him right in the face, he doesn't notice it. Yeah. And then he he picks up on it at a random time and then, like, freaks out in the middle of a, yeah, a thought like, on something Oh, else. this thing! One of my favorite things was, uh, it was a Peter Capaldi episode, and it was the one with the, um, the, the like, eye, the eye sleep monsters. Yeah. Um, and he's asking the girl, he's like, we need to look at your, uh, head gam footage. And then... But he keeps he keeps going because one thing the doctor loves is the sound of his own voice, oh, God, and he yeah. likes to show off a lot. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, "We don't have any head cam footage." And he like keeps going, and then like in the middle of a thought, probably like I don't know, it was it was a whole nother thing. He was like, "What, what did you just say?" And she's like, "What do you mean when?" He was like, 10.6 seconds ago." <laughs> because just thinking about like what the doctor's thought process is, yeah, and the way he like he has like ten things going on at once, and he can. Because he's got, like, an alien brain or whatever the fuck they explain it. Yeah. So, uh, those that stuff is always really fun to watch. Matt Smith, Matt Smith did that stuff really well. Where he would, like... You could see him switch gears as thought processes. Yes. Um, really well. Well, that was the same thing when... Uh, with the Weeping Angels with Amy and River. And how she kept counting down. Mm-hmm. And he, like, picked up that later. Yeah. Right, yeah. When, when she got, like, infected by mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I, that came to me at an important time in my life and that's when I fell in love with it. And I, I really liked Matt Smith and I was like, this shit's great. And then, uh, um, I, st- I like started Peter Capaldi and I was like, oh man, this guy's super different. I don't know if I like this. Yeah. So then I went back and watched David Tennant and then I was like, I like this stuff more now. Like I was super easy for me to get into it once I already liked it. Yeah. I was real hooked on, um, nine and 10 and then Matt Smith came, and I was like, no, he's not my doctor. Yeah. Like, Tenant, I love Tenant. Yeah. And then I fell in love with Matt Smith, and then it's the same cycle. Every time a doctor leaves and new ones, I'm like, no, he's not my doctor. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's really great. Yeah, you, you need, like, time to... <laughs> to it's always, he's always They're always written the same. It's just, like, whoever the actor is, they put their own little spin on it. Yeah, and that's that's always how it is. It's the, it's the same doctor, just a different personality, but it is. You have to grieve for the doctor that's now gone, mm-hmm. and then like accept this new personality that he develops. Yeah, um, and it, it, people, I think there's a loud minority that like is very complains about it a lot. But I think the majority of people like that stuff. They like the show, and even if they're like at first, you're like, oh, I don't know, this is weird. Should I get out of this show? And but the doctor always finds a way to like charm you back into liking it once you figure out what he's all about. Um, so yeah, I like David Tennant. I like Matt Smith. I probably like David Tennant and Matt Smith just as much as each other. I know people really love David Tennant because I think after Eccleston, he was the first one to be a long form, like multi-year yeah. doctor. Um, once the show had come back and it gained some popularity in the States. Um, and so I think it was just hard for a lot of people to move on from him. Yeah. And it is. It, it was, Matt Smith was more kiddish. Right, I feel like the show had a more childish quality, which is not like a, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it was all, like I said, there was nothing, there was no des, there was no desperate storyline in that show. Yeah. It was all there were a lot of scenarios that got wrapped up in one episode. Um, there were like long story, like season long story arcs, but nothing as desperate. Like with the astronaut. Yeah, there was nothing as desperate as like, oh shit, the Daleks uh, transported our planet to another solar system, and they're gonna fucking kill us. Like they're gonna blow up the planet if we don't do something. Um, or, like, the Cybermen, or... The stuff they do with the Cybermen in Capaldi's run is, like, horrifying. Yeah. That last one really... one really upset me. <laughs> yeah. So I think Matt Smith's run is one that I would be more than happy to, like, let my kid watch. Yeah. I can see that. 
And then, like, when they get a little older, I would show them, like, the Capaldi stuff. Because some <laughs> of that stuff is, is it's still childish because it's a kid's show, but it, it they do do a lot more nuanced See, stuff. See, I don't really think it's a kid's show. They dive into, like, some deep things that it's not very kiddish. It's, it's Well, I also think pro- it's, possible, it's possible that in Europe their sensibilities are a little different for what kids can watch and can't watch. But it's the same thing in Japan, like... Yeah. The, the those anime shows are those are for like teenagers, you know, and they, yeah. they, there's lots of violence and sex in those. Yes, um, there is. So yeah, I don't know what the sensibility in Europe is for this type of stuff, but I think I think it's good because it, they're obviously way more loose because you've got interracial, interspecies, mm-hmm. into like well, it's a sci- it's like it's just like Star Trek, like yeah, it's a sci-fi show by people who are forward thinking. So yes. You always you so always have it, better. I feel like, in sci-fi. Um, but it's something I wouldn't mind showing my kid, because the Doctor Who is a great hero who does heroic things, but also exists... Without using weapons. Without using weapons. Violence. And well, he tries not well, to use... Well, he tries, yeah. Um, but also, it's a show that doesn't deny the reality of things. Like, there are situations that the Doctor can't fix. Sometimes. Yeah, but he's always like you have to you have to take a stand you have because it's the right thing to do yeah like regardless yeah um, like yeah like one of my favorite things was uh, even in the newest season but like when just full spoilers for everything here so if you haven't watched any Capaldi or anything you should probably oh back we should out. have probably said that in the very beginning oh I'll put <laughs> a little disclaimer but like even when Clara is about to die and she's like, We can fix this, we always fix it, we always do everything and he has to look at her point blank and, and say, say no. no. It's we can't get out of this one. And there is no way out of it. She does die. Yeah. You know? And even the same thing with Bill is Yeah. And but what's so great about that thing with Bill is like it's fucked up, she's turning into a Cyberman, and immediately the doctor's like, I can fix this. Uh and then later She's like, you told me you could fix this. And he said, yes. He is like, yes, I did. And then she was like, were you lying? No. Were you wrong? Yeah. yeah I was wrong. Yeah. So it's it's more like... There are things that happen in other like comic books and stuff. It's like they always find a way out of situations that are kind of bullshit sometimes. Yeah, but every companion, besides Martha and Mickey, have been fucked. Rose is in a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. Donna doesn't remember. Right. Martha winds up marrying Mickey, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, even hers is a thing where it's like, when you fall in love with someone, that doesn't mean they fall in love back with you. And you have yeah. to, like, accept that. I think that's honestly why they bonded. Yeah. Because <laughs> both of them had that experience. Yeah. But then Abby and Rory get sent back in time, maybe end up together, because the whole thing is she writes the end of that book, and she says, don't worry, we found each other. But mm-hmm. earlier in that episode, wrote um, when River broke her hand she goes you don't let him see the pain so she could have blatantly lied and said no everything's fine but you don't know where they where she fucking wound up yeah that's that's a cool storytelling stuff yeah it's like river dies claire dies (laughs) bill sort of river well she becomes a the doctor does save her in a weird way yeah. yeah um and then bill becomes a cyberman but then sort of winds up okay yeah she does wind up okay i think in the end, they all end up okay, but the it doesn't deny the ugliness of reality and that things aren't fair all the time. But you still have to, like, work your way through it and figure out what's up. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I just don't have to like it. <laughs> right. The doctor says you don't have to... The, that's what the doctor says. It's like, you don't have to like it, but this is how it is. Yep. Um, so that's, that's something that I wouldn't mind. I would like it for my kids to watch that stuff. Because I don't think they're... There, there are situations that are unwinnable, but you still have to keep going. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Like I've watched the very first Doctor, but then mm-hmm. haven't watched any other ones because I just haven't. But it's going to be the same thing. They're going to be like, "This is terrible production value." Like even worse than we think it is. They're going to mm-hmm. be like, "Why are you making me sit through this?" Yeah. No, not not that early stuff. I'm just I'm saying like the Matt no. Smith Doctor. Well, you guys don't mind. Do it in chunks. All the old shit, the movie, I, 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 9 I, through 12. Nope, I'm going to let them discover it on their own. I'm just saying. We're just going to watch it sure. and, and just like, just start them off. Yeah, Whatever we're their just, interests we're just watching are. this all the time. Anyway, <laughs> their kids we're probably not going to have. <laughs> no, we're not, so it's fine. 
it's a moot conversation. Um, so that was a weird tangent, but that's how I got into Doctor Who. And then, and then I went back and watched Tenet, and I was like, Tenet's great. And I love Matt Smith. Let me give this Peter Capaldi guy another try. And that's what kind of the beginning of Clara's uh, journey with Peter Capaldi is. Is like, I'm not the way I was. Just give me a chance. Yes. And she's like, okay. And then it was kind of like speaking to the audience, too. It was like, just give this guy a chance. He's not going to be the same. But it's the doctor you know and love. Um, and I ended up... I, Capaldi was my favorite because of how blunt he was about everything. See, I didn't enjoy... I need to rewatch Capaldi's first season because I was so irritated with uh, Clara and what was that dude? What was his name? Oh, uh, her Pink. boyfriend. Uh, yeah, Pinkman. Yeah. He Danny was, Pink? Danny, right. I just... Pink. Last name Pink. They were so annoying that I couldn't appreciate the doctor for who he was because I was so irritated at the two of them. Mm. And I felt really bad when he died, but I was actually really relieved. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. I ended up liking him in the end. Um, and I like that they're... I like their little relationship, too, because it doesn't go really smooth. No, not at yeah, all. They have, like, a lot of pitfalls. And, like... It's the sort of thing where Clara likes him a lot, but can't give up traveling with the Doctor. So I think I thought that was an interesting dynamic to explore. Yeah. And so and then, that's like the season-long kind of arc, as opposed to let's set up stuff that's like world-ending. Yeah, and that's why I need to rewatch it, because I couldn't appreciate it for what it was at the time. And now that I know, I could enjoy it more and appreciate it more. And the Doctor's so mean to Clara. Yes! <laughs> He's like, when he walks in and... Uh, and Capaldi, she comes home from, like, a date, and Capaldi's, like, sitting at her whatever, like, station she gets ready in, and it's, like, one of those three-way mirrors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you have three mirrors? Why don't you just turn your head? <laughs> and then later on, later on, someone, he's, like, talking an, a, about her to someone, and she's like, she's got a wide face. You should see it. She needs three mirrors. <laughs> I just remember he told her to, like, stop complaining or something. You're just like, just stop. You're being annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yes, she is. Yeah, and, like, whenever he talks about her, he's like, we practically look the same age. Yes, I love that he has no concept of what he looks like. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm her father. We're the same age. Yeah. Yeah, well, he wouldn't, because at that point, he's, like, 2,000 years old. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, uh, he pretended to be Clara's boyfriend when he was Matt Smith, because he was this young-looking guy, and he Mm -hmm. forgets that, oh, no, you're thousands of years old. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I love it. Who is your favorite doctor? Tenant. Why? Why you? Why do you say that with shame? Because <laughs> I feel like you can't. They're all so good in their own way, but yeah. I have this love of Tenant because he was like I know you start with nine and he was the first doctor, but you invested. I invested with Tenant, so yeah, I can't. Sure. That was not... the first time you fell in love with the show. Yes. Yeah. I fell in love with that show. I fell in love with that doctor. He's my favorite because he's my first. Even though he's not really my first doctor. Yeah, but he's the first one that, like, hooked you into the show. Yes, he's the one that first hooked What do you like about him more than the other Doctors that you are familiar with? Other than he's beautiful. (laughs) And Tennant's a great, really great actor. Yeah, he was. He just, he had such, like, this fun-loving, like... He was fun-loving and relaxed with Rose, but then he was, like, really stern of, like, this is the right thing to do and we need to stand up for these things. But then you got to Matt Smith and he was just, like, a kid. And I was like, I can't. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. Like, Tennant was an adult. And then Smith was a puppy. Yeah. And then Capaldi was, like, this grumpy old man. And I was like... And they're all amazing in their own ways. But Tennant was just... He was the right one to get me involved i think objectively tenant is probably strikes the best balance yes of like being appealing to everyone where yeah he is nice but he's also stern when he needs to be yeah um and then like he's not but the thing is he's not always right and i think that the oh, no. what tenant did really well was he those moments where he was the righteous doctor where he was doing something that you knew was wrong but he felt absolutely uh vindicated or right about doing and but like someone would always put in perspective of like this ain't cool, you know? It was like the water the water on Mars episode where he 
he does the thing at the end where he's basically going against all of his Oh, yeah, he refuses. He's like, I'm going to fucking save everyone, and I'm the doctor, and this is that. And when he's giving those speeches, those are like villain-turning speeches. And if it weren't for the people that he traveled with... That's what I love about the doctor is that he knows he needs other people to ground him. Otherwise, he would just become the master. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that that episode gets really dark at the end, and mm-hmm. then she kills herself because she's like, "No, you you screwed up. I'm I'm not playing a part in this." And yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that was a it was a fine episode, but the ending of it was really good. It was dark. Yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, minus Capaldi. I know. Um, just because. I like his grumpiness, but then he... That's because you grumpy. I am grumpy, but he also is, like, a lot more blunt about stuff, and I feel like on the show, he... The way he talked to Clara was like, I'm not going to take your shit, and the way Clara talked to him was like, I'm going to take your shit, but they, like, need... They they played really well off of each other, and I like the way their season ended where she... They, they were at the volcano moment, where she had the keys. Oh, that's not the volcano I was thinking of, but yes. Um... And the whole season they were trying to establish their dynamic and they had this one moment where it was being tested. And it was one of the most incredible scenes in Doctor Who where she, Danny died and she wanted him to save him. Like travel back in time and save yeah. him. But then if he didn't die, we'd have this whole thing. About, yeah, yeah, he was talking about paradoxes and mm-hmm. she was like, I see you break your own rules all the time. And he's like, I know when I can and when I can't. And, and they're both trying to get the upper hand on each other and take control. And she's like throwing his TARDIS keys in the fucking lava. And and he like doesn't budge. He's like you. Uh, she's he's like I'm not doing it. You know, throw the keys away. I don't give a shit. We'll both die here. Yeah. And then it ended up being like a dream sequence. Yes, but which it's is fucking. Cool. But it's the same thing about when Clara died. They pushed each other because he was gonna erase her memory. But then she was like, Nah, and I switched the thing, and you're gonna erase your memory, and mm-hmm. just totally fucks the whole thing. And Capaldi gives a really good performance. I think he elevates dialogue. Like, stuff that, yeah. like, the stuff he says sometimes is really bland, but then the flair that he puts on it, because I feel like he's such a showman, mm-hmm. and you could definitely tell by the, the one episode where he was, like, trapped in his own confession dial. Oh, that was so good. Which is basically, a, that's, it is my favorite episode of Doctor Who, period. That is such a fucked up episode. Yeah. It's so amazing. But it's good. He, like, works his way through it. Yeah. He figures it out, kills, he dies, but then regenerates weirdly mm. not his normal regeneration well, he, like the whole thing resets it resets but just the fact when but he dies think, like a billion times a billion times all of those skulls were him mm-hmm. what yeah when you realize the horror of it is oh pretty, my god but even so like he keeps going and that's that's what i like about the show the show is like even when things look dire you keep going you keep trying to figure it out but then the next show the next episode in continuation of that one when Claire is like, how long were you by yourself? And he just like won't look at her. And she realizes how long he's been alone. Yeah. Billions of years. She she just rails on those other Time Lords. And yeah. then lets him escape. <laughs> but then she's also mad at him too. Oh, she's super like, mad. Why would, you, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just tell him? Yeah, it's like, it, it is, they're toxic for each other. But they're, they're good for each other, but ultimately toxic. So yes. they had to go. Um. It's the same thing that each of them had to go because it would get boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I've some of my favorite episodes have been in his run. And just, like, he's funny. Like, he's re- he's really silly a lot I of like times. one of his first episodes, he was, don't be lasagna. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> don't be lasagna. Yeah. Um, what was another thing that I really liked about him? The the Zygon invasion episode, the speech he gives at the end of that about when when uh, the Zygon is trying to like blow up, or, or she's trying to make it so that all of her people are exposed or whatever, and he's got the boxes, the truth of consequence yes. boxes. The his whole like speech at the end of that is is incredible. Yeah, because it's all about war and stuff. Yeah, and it's also about like. Like, you're going to be shitty to someone else because things weren't fair to you. So what? They're not fair. It's not fair to anyone. Everyone's being shit on in some way. Like, some people more than others, for sure. No one would argue that. But it's not a reason to be shitty to people. Nope. Um, it's just, Yeah, it's this whole big thing. And I love it. And then his, like I said, the, uh, the one where he's trapped in his dial is awesome. Uh, when he's just... 
Because even when the doctor's in a fucked up situation, like, that whole first thing in that room where he jumps out the window, and then it replays back, like, everything he was doing in that room was testing something to mm-hmm. see if he would, he would, like, survive the fall. And when he's, when he's running back through it, it's like, shit, this, uh, this is, like, fucking... Yeah, how he just knows all this stuff. Yeah. And thinks about these things. It's... Like, even when the doctor seems like he's in a dire situation, he's calculating ten different things at once. hmm And trying to get the upper hand. Um... Yeah. I love when he makes fun of humans. Exactly. He's got really good commentary on humans. When he gets when he gets angry, he makes fun of humans. Like, how do you only have one heart? How do you do deal with these things? Yeah. When he is talking to that little girl at uh, Cold Hill School when he was the caretaker. <laughs> and he is he's just like, he's like, I, I don't understand how humans uh, aren't in a constant state of panic. You have frighteningly short lifespans. Yeah. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it's all it's all stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, it makes fun of how tiny human brains are. Yeah, they're, they're hilarious. It's so easy a monkey can do it. Oh wait, they're about to. <laughs> um, it's so good. What has been some of your? Do you have a favorite episode or episodes? No. That's too many. Yeah. Too many good things. There's nothing, there's nothing that, like, stand out to you, though. That's what I always think about with shows like this, is, like, that episode was fucking incredible. I think the ones that I like the best are the ones that I go, oh, that's super fucked up. Yeah. Like, the one where he's by himself for a billion years. Mm-hmm. The one where Amy and... It's, like, four billion by the end of it. Don't argue with me. <laughs> The one where um, Amy and Rory get separated, like, basically where anybody, like, leaves Mm -hmm. is just heart-wrenching, and um, they just, they do it so well. Yeah, they do. I have a few favorites. Go. Uh, My favorite Tenant episode is an episode in season three with Martha called 42. That's a good one. Where they're hurtling towards that sun. Yep. Um, Just a fun anecdote. That episode is written by Chris Chibnall, who is the new showrunner of Doctor Who now. Oh. So that guy, the new, the guy who's taking over now has roots in the show already. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, and there's a lot of really smart stuff written in that. Well, I know he already has connections with Tenet and the new Doctor from Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was, like, connections there, too. Yeah, the new Doctor is, is one of his actors from Broadchurch, which I had a feeling would happen when I... Because they announced that he would be the new showrunner a while ago. And he's been running Broadchurch for two seasons, so I was like, he's probably going to get one of those actors. and Which is fine, because I heard that show's really good. Um, 42 is one of my favorite ones. Uh, I had him like... I had one favorite one for each Doctor, really. Uh, Why is 42 one of your favorites? Um, it, was a, it was one of the shows that really perfectly encapsulates what the show is. Um, so the Doctor and his companion travel into they just get into a situation or immediately cut off from the TARDIS um and it's it's a time bomb like in that they're like we have 42 minutes until this thing hurls into the sun and we're all dead so immediately everyone's like this is all fucked up uh we don't know what to do and the doctor is like come on you guys are giving up before you even gotten started here and he just like starts listing off things like what about this what about this what about that like immediately he's problem solving he's not being like man this sucks you know yeah. not to say that like the other guys weren't already scrambling and doing whatever, but just the way his mind works was in... It was amplified because they were like, we got 40 minutes to live. Yeah. And, and, uh... We're not gonna waste it just pitying ourselves. Right, the doctor, like, keeps him going. Uh, and then there's, like... So there's, like, three problems he's trying to solve at once, and then there's these fucked up aliens trying to kill everybody while they're trying to, like, save everybody on the ship. Um, he's very motivating. Right, and then th- there was a perfect moment, too... Where uh, Martha gets trapped in an escape pod, and then like one of the monsters like sets it off, like it breaks it off from the ship. Yeah. And so they're hurtling into the sun, and Tenet gets there right in time, but they're they're separated and you can see each other's faces, and he has that thing where he's saying like I'll save you, but you can't hear it because you're seeing it from the perspective of Martha's pod. 
And she's like, I can't hear you. But you see just like Tennis performance when he's like, I'll save you. And he's like screaming it. And you can like feel it even though you can't hear it. Yeah, like he's panicking. Yeah. And he's, he's like, I'll save you. Like, fuck this. I'm not going to let this happen. Um, and then when he like gets in that spacesuit and is like climbing on the outside of the ship to get that, to get their escape pod to come back to the ship. That's like, that's a superhero moment that's really fun. And like yeah. everything that was coming, the way it was shot and edited and the way the music was going is like, that was epic. And all he did was push some buttons and pull a lever. Like it's, it's more epic than some of like the greatest superhero fights you'll see on screen. Yeah, because there's something about the Doctor that inspires people, that motivates them to do good, that they instill their trust in him. And they, like Martha was like, all right, he's going to save us. It's fine. Like she's worried. But, like, also really trust him to save her. Mm-hmm. Which is also quite terrifying. It is, because the doctor pushes his boundaries yeah, so much. Yeah, he pushes his boundaries that you're like, oh my god, is this the end of this companion? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, he saves them, but then he gets infected too, and it's this mad rush to, like, okay, now we gotta fix the doctor, and we gotta fix this problem ourselves now. Yeah. Um, it's just a, I think it's a perfect episode to show someone what Doctor Who is all about. Um, and it's singular, like, you don't need to know anything before it or anything after it. It's just, you, all you need to know is it's an alien who travels in a stupid fucking box and with, with a companion and they put all their trust in him, even though they probably shouldn't because he does crazy (laughs) shit. Because he's crazy. Um, yeah. What is my favorite Matt Smith episode? I feel like, I like, honestly, like, I like the Matt Smith Christmas episodes a lot, even though those Christmas specials are really cheesy. Um, but they're, like, they're supposed to be, like, Christmas fun, warm episodes. Um, there was the one where they were in the Cloud City and it was, like, a Christmas carol. Yeah. That one was really good. Um, then the one the next year was, it was with the children whose dad had died. And he was the caretaker of, like, the the Christmas house they were going to. Oh, Yeah. Um, and then they, it was like a lion, the witch, and the wardrobe yes, they deal when yes. they, they had to go into another dimension. And because that's when he goes, because he was making the kids happy, and the mother was like, why are you doing this? Well, because they'll be sad later. Mm. Like, so you have to make them happy. And I was like, aww. But he also is like, he's like, well, they are going to be sad later, and that's why you're upset. And he's like, you just have to accept that. Like, they will be sad. But yeah. They, but right now, they but, could be happy. Yeah. But they have to, like, get through it, and then it'll be fine. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think of what regular run episode I like. I really like of his. The Pandorka, like the way that, that all shake was shaking out. That was a really that good was episode. really cool. I like when you watch all of it because the first episode of River, and you're like very confused, and oh, you're yeah, like, "Oh God, she dies!" Like... No, but like when you go through all of Matt Smith, and then you watch the library again, you're like, oh my god! Yeah, but then you watch the Capaldi Christmas special with River Song in it again. Just amazing! I, that's my favorite Christmas special. That's my favorite because it completes the arc. It does. It absolutely completes the River Song arc. And it's another thing where it's like, it's hard truth, but it's all, it's really sweet. It's it's tough, but fair. Like, And it's really sweet. The way well, they because they finally get to the, the singing towers. Towers, the, yeah. The and she's like, you always have something. You always, like, have something at the end where it's going to save because she knows it's her last night. And he, and then she goes, how long is a night? 25 years. You son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah like, that like, was just amazing. That was the best. But right before that, he was being real, like, everything ends. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what you want me to do here. Yeah. And she was like, no, you always have something. And then he had something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that made me really happy. 25 years they they that was a really good episode it was also like it was cool because the first time you meet river song in tenant she knows everything about him yeah but she's and he nothing knows to you. nothing about her and so their timeline is such that every time they meet afterwards the doctor gets knows a little more about her and she knows a little less about him because mm-hmm. their timelines are going in opposite directions yeah um and then there's that perfect moment in the middle where they know just about as much as each other and she like understands that and she's like well this is sad yeah um and then you, so you work through all that with Matt Smith and uh and then you get to Capaldi and they that's probably when they know they're right on that perfect wavelength of like yeah. now the doctor knows everything about her she knows everything about him and it's that last meeting before she meets Tennant yep um and i like that episode a lot because she doesn't know 
for most of the episode, it takes an, embar- an embarrassing long amount of time for her to realize that Capaldi is the Doctor. Because why would she... Yeah. She she only knew 12. Right. She didn't know there was a 13. Right. Um, and I like how then, she pulled out the wallet. It has to be one of these faces. Yeah. Um, and and he's like... Like him trying to get her to the conclusion that he's the Doctor is really fun. And then also like it's a role reversal where she gets to be the Doctor with the time traveling box. Yes. When he, he walks into the TARDIS companion. for the first time he goes, this is how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And his whole thing where he's like... <laughs> My he's mind like, is blown! <laughs> it's big on the inside! He's like, I'm just sorry. I just, I've had to see that done right for once. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, that's one of my favorite moments. It was. River was really smart. I was a little annoyed that uh, it took her that long. Yeah. But she, she caught up. Yeah. But I, I like that he was like, hello. Hello, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like the library because, like, once you go through and then you remember the library and how Donna ends. And so when she goes, I'm Donna, she goes... Like, that look on River's face, because she knows what happens to Donna. And she goes, oh my god, this is you. Like, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then my, all like I said, my all-time favorite was the, the one where he's trapped in his confession dial for Peter Capaldi. It's a great episode. And he, for most of the episode, it's just him the whole time. Yeah. And the creature thing. Yeah. Does it. And his showboating and his monologuing and just the way... Yes, and that's when you learn... He likes to talk because he is by himself and still just talking. Right. Um, but it also showcases, like, Peter Capaldi really is something special. Yeah. Um, I don't... It's hard to say because you don't see it, but I can't imagine the other doctors having an episode like that. And I can't imagine them carrying it in a way that's not annoying. You know? Yes, I completely agree with you. Yeah. That is a Capaldi episode, and he does it amazingly. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, what did you think of the final season as a finality to Moffat's run, which spanned Matt Smith and Capaldi, and as, like, a final season for Capaldi himself? Technically, we're not done because his Christmas special, Christmas special is the final episode where he's going to regenerate. Yeah. But... It was the last season of Doctor Who. So. Yeah. What did you think of this final season? I think it was great, but I think they're all great in their own way, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's like this weird thing, because I don't really feel like it's ending in a way, because it's not. Yeah. But it's just because you're getting a new Doctor and a new writer. But they always have, like, guest writers and stuff, and... Yeah. I'm just glad Moffat's not going to kill anybody else. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Christmas special. Everyone could go. <laughs> well, he is dying, technically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was... I personally thought it was good, but a little underwhelming. Just because from a storytelling point, I was expecting more of, like, let's loop back to some other storylines and call back to some stuff and be very fan service And then, like, the main, like, overarching the last, like, two episodes, I didn't know how they were going to do it, and... It was a contained story. It was its own thing, but it didn't build to this big, grand, like, here's my final thing of Doctor Who that I have to say. He has one final great speech, for sure, but uh, I, I like the, the way it started really well. Yeah. Because one of the things that Moffat said when season 10 was about to start is that we approach it as though it's a new episode one. Like, you yes. could come into the beginning of this season and be fine and we'll explain and the way they re-explain everything quickly and simply under means that they understand what the show is all about like the simpler you can explain something the more it demonstrates you know mm-hmm. what you're talking about um and so those ways of like satisfyingly reintroducing like i'm the doctor here's my fucking box it's bigger on the inside and all the like going through the information we know but in a really in, in a way it's fun to still watch as a long time fan of the show because it's first time for the new companion, Bill. Yeah. Um, and I loved Bill. I love, I Bill. really love Bill, too, because they cut through all the nonsense with her. Because she, it makes sense, too, because she's a huge, like, sci-fi fan, and she keeps being like, oh, it's like this thing on Netflix that I watched, right? Yeah. Like, she's not, there's very few moments where she's, like, bewildered by what's going on, even though she should no, be. No, she's so smart, and she catches on to things, and she asks the right questions, and you can see the doctor being impressed by her. Mm-hmm. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, also I feel like by making 
the doctor or college professor, there was sort of a meta commentary on the education system and like specifically with universities and the role between professor and student. Like the doctor doesn't shield her from anything. He's trying to show her the world and universe as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there's, this is going to be a weird tangent, but I feel like there's a real problem with universities right now where, where they're trying to make universities safe spaces. And I'm not trying to get into a big discussion about safe spaces right now. Um, and I just kind of felt like the show recently has been trying to do more like social commentary stuff yeah, to varying degrees of success or whatever. Um, but I like that it at least tries. Um, and I felt like that making that the dynamic was kind of a commentary on that. They did a lot of social commentary in this episode, this season, Mm -hmm. this last season with like Bill was gay, like no big deal. Yeah. And like, I always like the second one when they were in the house and the guy liked her and she goes, so I like girls. He goes, all right, cool. So I had no chance anyway. Sounds great. And just like nothing. Yeah. And then when they were um, with the darkness monster, the sun eater. Which one was that? When they went back to the Romans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then that had a lot of sexuality in that. And then when you had the Romans and the um, commoners, I don't even know what they were. Um, they started to understand each other because the TARDIS. Oh, the, like the Celtic. Yeah, the Celtics. So the TARDIS translated and the doctor's like, yeah, now that you guys can understand each other, now we can have some progress. Yeah. Like, yes. Well, that always, that usually is the first line in trying to dissolve a conflict is opening up communication. Yeah. Speaking the same language. But there was also the great part where the Roman was the more forward-thinking, sexually Oh my god, I love that. Where she's like, I just like girls. And he's like, oh, you only like the one? I like girls and boys. I'm, yeah, uh, like, so weird. sorry, you're so stifled. Yeah. Like, that was so fantastic. And yeah. that's what people forget. Okay, that's a whole other social commentary yeah. of people forget that. Hello? Homosexuality's been around for a long time. Yeah. But there was even, like, in the Capaldi's first season with the, the, the moon episode where the moon was actually an egg. Yeah. That was a thing about abortion. And it was less about, like, making a pro-life or pro-choice stance and more about just showing, like, what's difficult about this discussion for the women involved that have to go through it. Yeah, because they wanted, they were like, well, we need to kill it because it's it's causing problems for the earth, but then it winds up not, like, if winds like up it winds up being could, okay. Like, it could destroy the earth if it hatches and we yeah. don't know what it's going to do. Or, and then they, they, like, try to ask the earth what to do. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's, there's, it was no accident that it was w- women who made the decision, and then the man, doctor, was like, not my decision, I leave you guys to it, and then, Thank like, fucking God. Well, that's the thing, is, like, what do you mean? We're in this together. Yeah. That's, this is what I'm saying, is, like, it's less about a pro-life, pro-choice stance, and more about, like, it's a hard situation to be in, and showing how hard it is for women to be there with all the nuance. It, it tried to create a more nuanced conversation about it, um, and that's what, it, you know, whether it was successful or not, I appreciate the effort to actually do it. Yes. And then also it was just a cool, like, sci-fi episode about, like, what if the moon was an egg? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we're seeing, like, the undertones and people are just watching it of going, ah, the moon's an egg. Sounds great. Yeah. Like, they're not even looking Or they're like, the moon's it. an egg? That's stupid. This fucking sci-fi show is dumb. Yeah, well, that's because they're probably not fans anyway. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I like. So I like, I liked the final season. I thought it could have been better. I was expecting a little more, like, let's let's bring back, like, these elements and call back to them. But it ended up telling, like, its own story, which was, like, fine in a lot of parts, great in some parts, but mostly, like, passable in a lot of parts. Like, I didn't, I didn't like the episode with the, uh, where they were in the house, where the kids were all trying to buy the house. Oh, yeah, that was a little weird. And, like, the Celtic one was fine... And then the, the Ice Warriors one was just like, this is back to normal Doctor Who. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like, they kind of, like, reverted for a bit. And yeah. I don't, there wasn't these big, I think, like, because it was, the episodes were kind but of then contained. But the one with the monks were great. Which one was the one with the monks? This is like, that three-episode arc in the middle of it. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was some greatness in there. And then, like, the, the episode, the... The episode before the last one where Bill gets turned into a Cyberman was really, really good. Yes. Um, and then I didn't feel like they capitalized on that extremely well because they were trying to, they were trying to like juggle too many pieces in that final episode of like, what's the, 
what's the uh, what's the great idea for a movie we're just going to totally glaze over on this episode, and then how to bruise all the stuff with Bill, and the stuff with the Doctor, and Missy, and everything. Oh, that's the one, the one thing I want to talk about. Uh, the Master and Missy. That was so fantastic. Well, the master was really great, played by uh, John. Uh, I think his name was John Sims. It went in, de- in Tenants Run. Yeah, and, I believe so. I don't remember. And I just thought about this the other day. There was no master or Davros uh, in Matt Smith's run, which is weird because we got the master and Davros back in uh, of all these run too. Oh yeah, they just they weren't necessary. Or Davros. 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 Well, because they like say everything funny over there. Davros. Whatever. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so John Sims played the master and like had brought him back for the first time since the 90s in Tenant's Run. Mm-hmm. And he was great. It was a little silly too because it was still well, like Well, because he's kitchen. insane. Yeah, he's insane. Uh, but then... Michelle Gomez as Missy. Missy was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. I love it. She her. was so good. Yeah. And the moment where she like, it's all the pieces are coming together and he's, and he's like, I know you're a time Lord. Who the hell are you? And she's like, I told you I'm Missy short for mistress. Well, I couldn't keep calling myself the master. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I know. It was so good. So it was a good. great moment. And she was, I mean, like she's basically doc, the doctor's. If the Doctor's Batman, she's the Joker. Oh, like, God, yeah. She is great. And I wouldn't mind ever seeing her, Michelle Gomez, as just cast her as the Joker. She's fucking phenomenal. She would be an amazing Joker. Yeah. She plays crazy really well. She does play crazy real well. Um, and so that was the thing. is like Season 10, I was really into the arc of trying to turn her good. And I felt like yes. that arc was just... It was intriguing at first. And then I was like, what are they going to do here? I was convinced they were just going to kill the Doctor... This season, and Missy was gonna like be converted and just start calling herself the Doctor, yeah. and she would be Doctor Who from now on. That was an interesting thought. Yeah, and they like almost did it, but then didn't. Well, there was some video on uh, Facebook on the Doctor Who page that was talking about like Missy's done. Like she was, she was saying she's like we've done it for three years. Like this is the end of Missy, hmm. and I'm like, but you still have the beginning of Missy. Like you could still keep going. <laughs> Yeah, well, she could also just regenerate, you know. That, that's what I was thinking. Is like, at the end of the season, she would regenerate into a new person. Well, knowing she was still the master, but then call herself the doctor now. Well, no, because um, the master, when he shot her, he said, don't try to regenerate, I gave you the full blast. Well, yeah, I know. I know that. I'm just saying, like, that was, like, midway through the season when I told you, I was like, the doctor, I think the doctor's going to die and Missy will be, or master will be, take over the moniker after he converts yeah. her. That's what I was thinking, is like, it would, it, the full conversion would happen while she's still Missy, and then she would regenerate, and then be like, I am the Doctor now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I like that when she tried to do, like, he tried to, like, test her, and so she walks out, I'm the Doctor, these are my things, like. <laughs> these are my disposables. <laughs> like this she's... is exposition and comic relief. Yes. <laughs> she wasn't quite there, but a little bit there. And yeah. that's why, because when you said that, and then we had that episode, I was like, oh my god, they're really going to do it. Yeah. But then not so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I'm, I am excited for the Christmas special, for sure, because the 12th... Well, I like the way that this one ends, because uh, regeneration is always talked about or portrayed as being, like, not great. Like, the Doctor is really scared of it a lot of times. Yeah, very he, scared. Becoming a new person is scary. Uh, and, like, change is scary. But then immediately when he changes into a new person, they're really excited to, like, explore what their new body yeah, and what he, their personality is. He is also very confused. Right, exactly. So it's, it's, it's a more... And when Matt Smith changed into Capaldi, that first episode that he was in where he was doing that thing where, like, I gotta figure out who I am... It seemed like the worst and most painful transition because he he was trying to get a hold on who he was and like was like, why did I pick this face? Why yeah. am I old? What is going on? Um, and so it makes sense that at this one, he's like, I'm not doing this shit. And he like was starting to regenerate and stopped it completely. And was like, yeah, I'm going to choose not to. I'm not going to change wherever the hell I am. I'm staying here. I'm just going to see this out until I die. Yeah. <laughs> and then he runs into... 
number one, the original. Yeah. The uh, William Hartnell doctor, played by David Bradley, who looks exactly like him and acts exactly like him, which is incredible. Um, so I'm excited for the Doctor 12 and Doctor 1 to have a little adventure together and convince each other that regeneration is necessary and good. Yes. Because when he be runs into him, he's like, he, the first doctor is like, oh, I'm not going to change. The whole idea is ridiculous. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Yeah, so that that's a good put together. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited that Bill's going to show her face. Yeah, I was excited I was, when I was, she popped up in the trailer. I was very upset that like she goes off, but then like the doctor doesn't know that she's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that really upset me. Yeah, she does end up, like, being okay in the end. Yeah, with um, the uh, with the water girl. Yeah. Um, what do you think of... Okay, so this is this is all done. New showrunner, new doctor. The new doctor, Doctor 13, is a lady. Are you excited? Yes. But I'm also upset she's not ginger. Because both Tennant and Smith wanted to be ginger. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make her ginger! Yeah. Someone, someone said it would be funny if uh, they made her ginger and she was freaking out so much about being a ginger that she didn't even realize that it was, she was a woman. Yes, it would be so great. Yeah. Um, I think I, I like it for sure. I don't really, I don't think it's going to matter that she's a woman. Uh, I think as long as they write the doctor as the doctor as they always have, it won't matter what body he's in. Exactly. He or she. That's the whole point. Um, so that's what, that's what my hope is that they don't write her as a... Here's the female Doctor Who. Oh, no. It's like, no, it's just, it is the Doctor. Yeah, if they give her a male companion straight away, I'm going to be super pissed. Yeah, who's to say what they'll do with that? Um, I like that Bill's coming back for the Christmas special because it means she'll likely be there when he regenerates. And the whole deal with Bill is that she is gay. Yes. And their, like, their relationship is, like, very much... Very student-teacher. Yeah. And so she's made a point to be like, you know, I'm into girls, right? And people closer to my own age. And he's like, yeah, of course. And she's like, okay. Uh, so for him to like regenerate into like this beautiful younger woman, uh, <laughs> I, I want Bill to be there for that and to react to that in a way to see like what yeah, that's like. Yeah, I didn't understand why that was so important for Bill to say before they blew up. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that, I, that was a very like alluding thing. And that's why I was like, well, isn't she going to stick around? Like, and I like Bill as a companion. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think she would be a good, like I kind of kind of want her to stay and then i kind of just like want the whole separation i want her to stay yeah i would love it if bill stayed for one more season i love bill so much that i would love her to stay but i don't want there to be like also for the doctor to undergo this big change and have some familiarity to like would ground, be really nice to ground her would be fun would be very nice um yeah i'm excited to see like what she is like i just want to see a trailer for the, the new season oh it's gonna be so just good. to see what what is what is the manic what is going to be her version of manic and crazy and when she gets, like, hyper-emotional and what's, like, what is she, what's her thing I going to be? I swear to God, the first post I see of her being hyper-manic and be like, see, it's all a woman, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I'm like, it's, I'm sorry, he's been super hyper-manic throughout the entire run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the bottom line is, and Stephen Moffat was at Comic-Con this weekend and talked about it, is that he keeps talking about he's upset because... Every news outlet is acting like there's a backlash of like the fans are outraged. No. he's like he's like it's just one fat pimply guy in his basement <laughs> typing on his computer, and he's like most of the doc- actual Doctor Who fan base are is thrilled about it, and I think that that's very true. Yeah, because it was the same thing when um, when he was trying to rescue Clara, and then he shot the male general. And she, he regenerated into a black female. And she was like, I don't know how you guys do that with all the testosterone. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Like, that was so great. Yeah. And so we had that change in our face. And then we had the master to Missy. Mm-hmm. And then there was some talk of how we couldn't remember if he was a little girl at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the groundwork had been laid for a long time. So yeah. if, you, if this is a shock to you, you're just not paying attention. Yeah, no. Um, so the only people that are upset about it, I feel like, are people who don't actually watch the show. When we don't care about them, so that's fine. Exactly. They yeah. don't matter. So I think it's accepting. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be cool. I like. I think Chris Chibnall is a great writer, and Broadchurch is very well-received. I think it's an award-winning show. Yeah. Um, so I think it's in good hands. I like the new Doctor. I hope the new Companions bill. Um, I'm excited for the future of Doctor Who, and um, I'm, I was happy that I experienced this era of it. Very much so. 
Anything else you want to say about Doctor Who? It's awesome. Everybody should watch it. Everyone should watch it. I agree. Well, thanks for doing this with me. You're very welcome. I needed to get this off my chest. <laughs> uh, catch us at the usual spots. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and Podbean. And I think Google Play are on now. Cool. So go there, maybe. It's being, it was being verified. I need to actually check to see if it was, went through. But that was a request of someone. I don't know who. Um, and I'll see you guys when I see you.